0: Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. This is your source for market intelligence, forecasts, and strategies. Thanks for being with us. Maybe you're listening on one of the radio stations around the country. Maybe you're on iTunes, YouTube, or the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we have a great show for you. We're gonna look at the Fed's view on commercial real estate. And we have Brian Bailey here. He's the senior technical expert with the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta in Studio One with us. Brian, thanks for being with us again.
1: It's great to be back, Michael. Thank you for having me.
0: And Brian, I think one of the things that people might be curious about um when you think about the fed and the the fed's role and policy
1: why do they have a real estate expert what do you do there (laughs) (laughs) well obviously these are my views and not necessarily those of my esteemed colleagues at the federal reserve bank of atlanta or the board of governors but certainly you know commercial real estate makes up a significant amount of the economy And certainly one of our charges is the safety and soundness of the financial system. And so certainly we know that the banks are engaged in commercial real estate lending and as part of the safety and soundness uh, operations, we're looking at um, how those loans are done, what the underwriting looks like to make sure that the safety and soundness of the financial system is insured okay so you're looking at the commercial real estate world and and kind of helping the
0: fed uh look at what's what's happening out there
1: you bet you bet i mean Uh, we look at appraisals we're doing analytical work trying to understand at what point the markets are in the cycle mm -hmm. trying to gauge you know risk and trying to be out in front of uh you know the the next potential downturn
0: yeah well that's good so how big is commercial real estate in the u.s economy
1: so um there's about 1.6 trillion in commercial real estate loans at the banks uh right now um it represents by the time you add in the spend on infrastructure um, new construction the salaries associated with the gambit um, real estate probably accounts for roughly six to seven percent of the gross domestic product of the yeah. economy
0: that's pretty big I mean is that surprised people when, when they hear that it's like, a it's
1: a you know it sounds like a small piece I mean six yeah. to seven yeah. percent yet it's probably you know on the on the, you know huge, it is a huge magnitude yeah huge yeah. yeah it really is and one of the
0: things I think that people have been uh, really reeling with in the commercial real estate uh, world uh, are kind of the new regulations like the the Dodd-Frank regulation so how is that working right now with the banks and other lenders? How's it coming along?
1: Well Dodd, Dodd-Frank certainly has um, you know the way I like to, to talk about it as far as Dodd-Frank and commercial real estate you know, certainly is, has caused the banks um, to, to really heighten their game in commercial real estate they've got to understand you know the risks and the nuances around the property types um, much better Um, you know certainly i think that that you know with with more regulation um, you know there are more associated compliance costs and so i think that um you know working you know the institutions are working to look at that risk which is then, you know, kind of um, mitigating the potential downside of a 2008 or 2009 event. So certainly I think it's good for the financial system. You know, it's also come into play um, in CMBS. Mm -hmm. And and CMBS certainly has gone through a lot of volatility. You know, the volume is way off this year, but, but two days ago, um, you know, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, and, and Morgan Stanley. You know, were able to price. Um, you know, the first uh, risk retention compliant uh, uh, issuance, eight, roughly 870 million dollars. Um, the the uh, uh, the the loans obviously were squeaky clean, mm-hmm. as you can imagine. When you know something would, you know that's changed a little bit um, is, is coming out, but 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 very well received. Um, the spreads were compressed compared to where uh, the market thought they would, so it was it was very well received. And so certainly, I think it's a good time to begin to see a little bit of the reboot per se with these risk ret- risk compliant, uh, risk retention compliant issuances because there certainly are, you know, a significant amount of CMBS loans associated with the 06 and 07 uh, loans that were made back then that need to be, that need to be refinanced over yeah. the next uh, 12 months or so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We need the funds available out there. Absolutely. So, so might we expect CMBS to, to have an uptick in the volume?
1: I, I mean, you know, your guess is as good as mine, yeah. but certainly it was very well, the first issuance was very well received. And so, yeah. you know, my hope is is that we do see, uh, you know, more, uh, more issuance in that area because certainly, you know, it is a, it is a source, um, you know, a, a needed source for financing, whether it's new financing or refinancing. Yeah. Um, and, and certainly that kind of goes uh, to some degree along with what the banks are doing. And so, you know, we're we're continuing to watch that because, you know, with 10 to 15 billion dollars a month in CMBS loans that are coming due each month through June of next year, um, you know, that's that's a lot um, for for one source to handle. Nice. Certainly, banks could do it, but certainly it's a lot for one source. And so, certainly, I think the more sources that we have, you know, that are that are um, you know disciplined with the underwriting. Certainly, I think that's that's good news to see another source getting back into the game.
0: And of those loans that uh, are maturing, that are 10 years old, that were done at the top of the market, how many of those might have some uh, issues and have to, to acquire more capital to be refinanced?
1: Well, and, and it's a good question. Um, we've done some analytics kind of looking at, um, you know, the, the loan, the CMBS loans from 2006 and 2007 specifically mm-hmm. and trying to understand you know what the delinquencies look like right now um, and the number surprising mm-hmm. um, first let me talk about delinquency you know wh- how is it delinquent mm-hmm. well it's it's delinquent because maybe the borrower just woke up and their loan has matured and they didn't get new financing in place but the property is fairly healthy so it's probably a pretty easy fixed remedied solution so that's one One drawn. A maturity default. Maturity default, basically. You know, the second is it has some kind of hair on it. For instance, it's a retenanting or a capex issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more complex, and may take a little bit more time to kind of work out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then, third is just property that probably should not have been built in 2006 or 2007 mm-hmm. because of changes in the marketplace that mm-hmm. have occurred in the last 10 years. So we see markets where the delinquencies range from you know a few percent. Mm-hmm upwards to 40 or 50 percent mm-hmm. and again we've turned you know the the dial all the way up so we're looking at you know the markets with one loan of five million dollars that's delinquent mm-hmm. and so you know that market would be considered a hundred percent delinquent yeah all the way to you know new york city where mm-hmm. you know there's you know several you know the, the you know trillions of dollars of loans that's that are coming due um but but you know you take uh uh, Atlanta right now the, the delinquencies are in the double digits uh, you know you know kind of kind of mid to, uh, mid to upper teens you take Jacksonville Florida of all know, the loans or of the loans maturing of the loans maturing okay. in 2016 okay. and 2017 okay. so I'm just looking at that tranche, that right. group right. you know you, you take uh, uh, Philadelphia it's it's kind of on a similar trajectory I think the uh, at, to Atlanta you know there's probably 600 million dollars uh that are delinquent right now you look at jacksonville florida you know the numbers 30 percent of the loans are are delinquent mm-hmm. so certainly they can be cured um some of them can come out pretty easily some of them can't but there are some areas of the country uh we've mapped 382 markets and mm-hmm. so we're looking at a very granular level obviously i think that that uh, that has implications for some of the bank lending yeah. Uh, in some of those areas, and so we're we're you know talking about it, trying to make you know some of the financial institutions, obviously you know our, our focus is the safety and soundness of the financial system. Right. So we figure we bring it up and talk about it. Certainly, it makes banks aware of those issues in some of those markets.
0: And what about property types, Brian? As far as those loans that that may have some issues coming up for maturity, right. uh, what time of, what type of property types are the worst?
1: Right. I mean, the two that stand out in my mind are are retail Mm -hmm. and suburban office. They had, you know, the pretty significant value decline. Mm -hmm. We were doing more construction and more lending of those property types back in 06 and 07. And so, and so certainly, you know, those, those two sectors are kind of piquing my curiosity. If you look at kind of prices in the non-major markets, the prices for those two property types have not returned to their 2007 peaks. So adding more pressure in addition to, you know, we were, the, the industry was fairly liberal with some of the terms back then.
0: Yeah. Well, that's interesting to talk about those two Um, sectors and property types because uh, as a broker here uh, in Atlanta and doing deals in the southeast that's what we get the most uh, people looking for hey give us some of the suburban office that have some of the value-add opportunities let me look at some of the the retail so there's a a lot of buyers and a lot of capital out there looking Right.
1: and you you look at you know those two areas those two property types probably arguably um, the two property types that have been most impacted by disruptors
0: yeah, and some of those buildings are old, and so so you got a challenge there. Right. Well, stay with us, take a short break. We'll have more from Brian Bailey with the Fed. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. Today we're looking at the Fed's view of commercial real estate. We have Brian Bailey with us, he's a senior technical expert with the Federal Reserve. Bank of Atlanta. And, Brian, banks are, you know, they're important to the economy. Uh, They're important to commercial real estate. If they start pulling back or having problems, it can have impact on commercial real estate and uh, investors' decisions. So what are the state of banks today? How are they doing?
1: And that's why we're spending so much time in the banks right now trying to make sure that, you know, we are ensuring the safety and soundness of the financial system. You know, certainly, you know, the banks have been under pressure for a number of years. But as, you know, the fundamentals in the economy, have picked up commercial real estate has picked up and and certainly that has led to improvement in the conditions in the banks and so you know it certainly is, is good news um, I'm not sure that the you know the banks are quite where they want to be these right, days right. but but certainly you know we've, but they're profitable that's right um, you know we've made it through the downturn um, you know we've dealt with a number, they've dealt with a number of the issues associated with you know some of the assets, some of the poor quality assets and, and so certainly there has been an improvement. Certainly you know the banks continue um, you know are engaged in business that continues to metamorphosize whether it's driven by new legislation. And regulation or whether it's driven by changing market conditions and I I think that that change you know is is occurring very rapidly right now and so certainly you know that has put um, you know a new form of stress I think in in the banking community at the same point you know we look to our survey that we do a senior loan officer survey uh, the Board of Governors does and you know the banks are telling us uh, that they're beginning to get a little bit hesitant about lending in the commercial real estate arena. And and we've had kind of this trend upward in those results. So an up, you know, and, and we've, we've given you a slide, there's a slide that's available um, that talks about the, the or that shows kind of this upward trend as far as the number of banks that are tightening their underwriting standards and in the last quarter a pretty significant number of banks reported that they're tightening their underwriting standards on lending in the non-farm non-res that's the highly technical term for office and retail and industrial and hotel space multifamily, and then D, the construction and development the land the area where land loans would be made also. So, so the banks are beginning to get a little bit hesitant. You know, it's interesting in my mind because you look at the economy we've created on average 200,000 jobs or more a month for the last 24 months so certainly you know going very solidly
0: and the fundamentals of real estate are strong
1: the fundamentals of real estate have followed and Mm -hmm. so certainly you know it's it's interesting to see you know the economy on more solid footing yet the bank's kind of getting a little bit hesitant toward Toward commercial real estate, and so we'll continue to watch that play out. At the same point, um, we are seeing, um, you know, that that the banks are reporting that there are more opportunities for net loan growth. So the phone's ringing. It's not ringing as as often as it was, say, a year ago when we had 20 or 25 percent of of the respondents saying that they felt that the opportunities were growing. Now it's down around, you know. 10 to 15 percent, um, but certainly there are still opportunities, um, you know, for for net loan growth, yeah. and and so certainly, um, you know, you look at the numbers, the balances in the banks, you know, multifamily lending, the balances at the banks, are at all time highs over the last eight years. The same thing with non farm non res, uh, the same thing with, with other CRA, um, and and so certainly, um, you know, the banks have been making loans in the space at the same point there is a you know the appearance of some hesitation
0: was that hesitation based on because their percentage of their loans being in commercial real estate or maybe getting a little higher than they would like or or you guys would like or is it more that they they're they're seeing some concern about commercial real estate fundamentals
1: right, right. And and you know that's a big that's a big question. Yeah. You know, uh, we only so, ask big ones. That's yeah. right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want the easy ones. Please give me the easy ones. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's hard for me to speak to the hesitate. Mm-hmm. You know, the hesitation. You know, as a as a group, as far as the banking industry is concerned, mm-hmm. I can tell you that certainly, from my point of view, the banks who have concentrations over the guidance the 0701 the gu- guidance you know the 300% of capital are are getting more scrutiny mm-hmm. And so certainly, you know, my hope is is that you know they're they're kind of looking, uh, you know, very hard at at you know the composition of the loans that they're making and that they have on the books right now, um, because you know certainly you know when we went back when the Fed went back and looked at you know the reasons for all you know for a significant number of bank failures one of the things that we were able to trace it to was institutions that were over those guidelines. Mm-hmm. And so it remains a guideline, but certainly you know, those institutions are, are, are you know, having to spend, spend more time with, mm-hmm. with the regulators.
0: And you mentioned that the banks are doing better and they're doing well. How is that compared to the smaller community banks and then the larger banks?
1: And it's a it's it's a it's a good question again you know huge huge subsets, okay. and 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 you know I've I've got to make the disclaimer you know the community banks are more driven on the makeup of the industry in their area, mm-hmm. so so you think about you know com- you know community banks here obviously there is a component of commercial real estate, you know you go to the Midwest you go to you know the South uh, Mississippi River Valley you know, then there's much more concentration on ag, agricultural lending. You go to Texas and up through North Dakota right now, and certainly, you know, there's a huge focus on energy. And, and there are struggles right now in, in, that, in that realm. Compared to, you know, larger banks, you know, they've got, you know, a much broader uh, footprint. And so they're able to kind of, you know, weather, weather some of that a little bit. Um, but I think that the, that the performance Obviously, is driven a little bit by kind of your exposure to the industry in your area. But overall, if you just kind of bulk them, are the bigger banks doing better than the smaller
0: banks, based on maybe some of the regulations and the cost of dealing with that? Is that easier for the bigger banks to do well? Or
1: I mean, I mean, you know, the bigger banks certainly are under a much higher level of scrutiny, in my view, yeah. as far as the regulation is concerned. Uh, certainly, that some of it trickles down to the community banks and, and you know any banker right now would would probably say you know we're under a lot of regulation we're right. spending a lot of yeah. time with oh, our any regulators businessman, you know, any yeah.
0: businessman, you know out there
1: <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um but i'm not i'm not really in a in a yeah. position where i can you know quantify the the results of, of big versus uh, smaller institutions
0: yeah and you and you mentioned that uh, the the fundamentals of commercial real estate are doing well, but some lenders are a little bit hesitant to, to do loans and that could be have a, a big impact on some of the borrowers out there, couldn't it?
1: Well yeah, I mean that's a it's a yeah. it's an interesting circumstance. Yeah. I mean you know you think about that and you know what that could do is it mitigates probably probably mitigates the potential for you know a vast oversupply issue to occur mm-hmm. and we may lengthen the actual cycle in commercial real estate because there's not this kind of huge upswing in a bunch of space under construction which then hits the market all at the same time and and those owners have to offer concessions to, to, to fill it. Yeah, and that brings up a
0: lot of questions, like if you're a borrower, what are some tips for for securing loans, right? And also, how much new supply have we had, and how are the fundamentals? We'll get a lot more from Brian Bailey right after this break. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Stay with us check out Valuate, a real estate analysis program that can be easily shared with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. That's GetValuate.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Our show today is the Fed's view on commercial real estate. We have Brian Bailey. He's the Fed's technical expert on commercial real estate and the real estate he's here in Studio one. and Brian, you mentioned that some some banks are pulling back a little bit on their uh, lending on commercial real estate. but you know it seems to me that all the fundamentals for commercial real estate, are pretty strong i mean we've had rate, rental rate increases we've had occupancy increases and at least in all the most all the markets that we work in so
1: how do you feel about commercial real estate moving forward i mean uh, you look at the fundamentals right now and and certainly you know we're putting people back you know putting, putting people to work putting people back to work however you'd like to say it you know we're seeing incomes beginning to grow Um, So, so certainly some of the uh, indications that, um, you know, the dynamics for commercial real estate, uh, you know, should um, continue to kind of move forward, whether it's declining vacancy, whether it's increasing rent. The other thing is, is that, you know, supply. Um, There hasn't been a whole lot of supply, obviously, the caveat is we're building you know, a ton of apartments right now, um, and, and building them in the luxury segment, so certainly I, I've got a little bit of concern there, but but generally speaking, you know, you look at office space and, and we're still, you know, pretty significantly below, I think about 30% below kind of the long-term average. Retail is is much more severe because of the e-commerce disruptors, um, and, 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 and roughly, you know, we're, we're about 60% below kind of the long-term average. So, I think that that um, you know, fundamentally, you know, we seem to be in a good position. Um, you know, for for some period of time, I'm not sure how long, but for some period of time, you know, it seems like you know the the stars are kind of aligning mm-hmm. for you know continued positive traction. The one exception may be apartments. The other one we're seeing kind of uh, hit or miss right now is hotels. We're seeing some some softening there. On the other side, you look at capital and you know the availability capital while we're saying the banks may be pulling back a little bit still hearing that loans are getting done and there are alternative sources that are stepping up whether it's you know foreign money whether it's you know life insurance companies whether it's Uh, you know, some kind of crowdfunding, whether it's a private lending scenario like the hedge funds, et cetera. So we are seeing, you know, more of kind of the alternative sources uh, that haven't played a super big piece, other than maybe insurance companies over the last few years, Um, you know, beginning to take, you know, a little bit more active role in commercial real estate lending.
0: Yeah, well, I agree with you. It seems like the fundamentals are strong. There's a lot of capital, we're seeing a lot lot of flow at our shop and you know you, we mentioned apartments that we're building a lot of class a I spoke with Doug, Doug Culkin the apartment association national apartment association president the other day and he suggested that yeah we're building a lot but if you look at the demand the absorption you know he indicates we're not building enough now he is with the apartment association he loves apartments so do I uh, but should you know should we be concerned if, we're, if we have the demand and we have a change in the environment where uh, people are renting more apartments and they're, they're buying
1: homes less and there's more demand right well i mean our, our, our data indicates that you know right now the market's mm-hmm. building about 40 percent more apartments mm-hmm. than kind of the long-term average seems like yeah. a big number yeah. at the same point you know there has been a shift in home ownership Mm -hmm. and right now home ownership rates like 63 percent. It's very close to an all-time low, if not at an all-time low. So certainly, you know there are arguments for you know apart- you know increased apartments. Whether it's you know uh, the crowd, you know the crowd graduating from college has more student debt, or they want more flexibility, or they're waiting longer for some of those milestones in life, which then drive you know the decision to buy a home, etc. You know certainly that dynamic is still there. So we continue to watch. At the same point. I think that we have to be concerned about, you know, these Class A luxury apartments because you look at, you know, how deep is the rental crowd that can that can rent a $2,000 a, $2, a month or $2,500 a month. Affordability becomes an issue. Yeah. Right? And, yeah, and I mean, you know, yeah. you look just up the road in Nashville yeah. and you say, hey, you know, in the Gulch, you know, a two-bedroom apartment's going for $2,500 a month. Mm-hmm. I mean, you certainly can afford a pretty nice home in a in a good area of nashville yeah, but us country singers
0: we like to <laughs> high, we like high rent maybe <laughs>
1: well and, and you know the same thing's happening here in in, in atlanta in midtown yeah, yeah. you know we're building i don't know three or four thousand apartments right well, now. It's-
0: let's talk about some of the other property types real quick you know what's the supply there
1: you know hotels and and industrial you know pretty much Mm -hmm. you know at the long-term average Mm -hmm. certainly I think we're seeing a little bit beginning of pullback in hotels Mm -hmm. but at the same point industrial you know the 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 disruptor of e-commerce that's having issues with that's creating issues in retail is certainly creating, you know, a tailwind for industrial. And so my expectation is is that you know we continue to see more strengthening in the industrial sector. We'll probably see more construction. Um I, I've been made aware recently that there's a shortage of those very large box uh facilities. All
0: right look at the charts if you're watching the video and they're also online stay this we'll have more. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. First Service Solutions, your CMBS borrow advocate. For requests, assumptions, consulting, and restructuring, call First Service Solutions at 817-756-7227. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today our show is the Fed's view on commercial real estate. We have Brian Bailey. He is the expert on commercial real estate and real estate for the Fed. And Brian, one of the questions I think a lot of our listeners and viewers have are kind of where are we in the cycle? I mean, some of these uh, prices of some of these properties, especially in the gateway markets, uh, institutional quality uh, properties are really selling some really low cap rates we the cycle seems to be where we've been in six years at where it seems like we might be coming toward the end of a cycle but things still look pretty good what do you think where are we
1: well certainly the question is coming up a lot these yeah. days because of the robust conditions and so you know one of the things that that we've spent some time trying to kind of put some analysis around is you know where are we I mean is this you know similar to 2006 or you know how are things different kind of kind of looking at that And 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 certainly, you know, one of the factors that jumps off the page to me when I look at the statistics is foreign capital right now. I mean, foreign capital was you know in the neighborhood of 45 to 50 billion in 2007 that was invested in commercial real estate in the U.S. You know, today, you know, it's it's you know somewhere between 90 and 100 billion.
0: Is that changing, adjusting prices temporarily or for a long period of time? I mean, that's kind of driving down prices i mean driving down cap rates and driving up price
1: right it's driving down cap rates which is also having an upward impact on on pricing and and certainly you know in in talking with some of those investors you know we're being told that you know some investors from some of the asian countries certainly have a very very long term view mm-hmm. of of those investments um, you know but but obviously you know there's a significant amount of money coming from canada coming from europe not so much but some coming from South America and so certainly you know those investors all have you know different dynamics and different hold periods, um, and, and so certainly we're aware of it. You know, the, the second thing we're, we're interested in, we kind of talked about it earlier, you know, the banks are tightening their underwriting in, a, in an economy that seems to be on solid footing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, one of the other things is, you know, greater bank oversight, which we talked about because, you know, the, the regulators are working very hard to ensure that we don't have a repeat of, you know, 2009 or 2010. Um, I think that, you know, you look at, uh, and we touched on this, but the shadow lenders, mm-hmm. you know, the alternative sources of, of, of capital certainly are rising. That certainly is different than what we saw in 2007. Market fundamentals are much different. And look yeah, at are. look at the spectrum. Yeah. I mean, so you've got apartments that arguably may be close to some kind of peak mm-hmm. or, you know, still on an upward trajectory, but but certainly... Are much further along than the retail sector and and you see really some you know stagnation in retailing all because probably the disruptors e-commerce continues to grow e-commerce retail sales continue to grow at you know three to four times what they are at bricks and mortar retailers and we've also seen you know a number of store closures in the last you know 60 90 120 days Um, you know pricing um, you know, arguably, you could say if you look at the spread between cap rates and the 10-year Treasury. I understand that there may be a better correlation between you know some of the corporate debt, but look at the pricing in 2006 and 2007. The spread was 100 to 150 basis points. So arguably, you you know, what what would I rather own? Would I rather own a Treasury that's liquid I can sell tomorrow, or I've got some commercial real estate? That you know, I may need you to to help sell, but obviously, um, you know, there may be days that you're unable to sell, you know, and, it, and it's you know some market period of time, whether it's 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. There is some kind of hold period. There is some kind of illiquidity. Yeah. Um, you look at today, and those spreads are anywhere from 350 basis points above Treasury to 600 basis points for hotels. Yeah. So certainly, you could argue that we mispriced risk, the market mispriced risk in 2006 and 2007. Obviously, you know the CMBS market is in a state of disarray. So certainly, that that is different compared to 2006. Um, you know, but here's here's a good one. Um, you've got lots of less speculation at the consumer level. Mm-hmm. I mean, think back to 2006. Think back to the social interaction you had with your neighbors. And you know, your neighbors were saying, hey, you know, I just bought this home down the way and I've already got twenty percent appreciation in the and first flipping condos. Flipping houses, flipping <laughs> condos. And yeah. and so certainly there's a lot less speculation. Yeah. Um and and then I think you know the last point I would make is that you know there is a lot of energy um around risk assessment mm-hmm. right now. And and really, you know, you, you kind of hone it. Um, and, and, you know, we may, we may you know, continue to beat a dead horse, but you say, you know, how many people are asking today, how does the cycle end badly mm-hmm. compared to, and, and it's a lot, there are a lot of people asking, you know, how much risk do we have right now compared to 2007, 2006, when the question hardly ever came up. Yeah. And so certainly I think that there are a number of differences today. Um, you know, you know, but, so, but you the, ex- so you expect a longer cycle. Then, but it, than but um, at the same point, I have to say, yeah. you know, there are some institutions mm-hmm. that I do see doing things that I would liken to some of the behaviors in two thousand six. Right. Um, you know, it's it's you know little equity in the deal. It's longer. Uh, amortization terms it's springing guarantees it's some of the you know the the creative stuff that went on and so and that's why we're spending you know more time you know talking with the banks in the banks um, as far as the supervision and regulation function to make sure that you know um, that that's Appropriately accounted for, and that risk is, you know, assessed, and 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 goes all the way up to senior management and the board of directors that they're aware so, of kind of that profile.
0: So the good times should last at least a few more years.
1: <laughs> you know, I left my crystal ball at home, Michael. So you know, I I, I can't really comment on all that. Right. But certainly, well, a stay
0: tuned. We're getting out the crystal ball for Brian Bailey with the Fed. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Stay with us. Welcome back. I'm Michael Ball, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We have the Fed's real estate expert with us here and Studio One, Brian Bailey. And, And Brian, one of the things that commercial real estate users and owners are are thinking about today is what the possible impact could be of real estate when interest rates do rise. I think we all hope that the economy does well enough that the uh, that interest rates do come up a little bit. We don't want uh, them jumped up, please. But uh, uh,
1: how might that affect real estate, and say a year from now? Well, certainly, you know my view, and, and you kind of look at big picture. I mean, what drives an interest rate increase, and and really you have to have solid. Um, you know, fundamentals. And so certainly, you know, I think that as, you know, interest rates, you know, potentially go up, obviously, I'm not a member of the FOMC. Mm-hmm. They're meeting here in a few weeks in September. And, and certainly, you know, our president, uh, Dennis Lockhart, president of the Atlanta Fed, you know, recently said that, you know, he sees, uh, you know, fundamentals on a more solid footing. So there probably will be more conversation around that going into the fall. But, you know, the improving fundamentals in the economy certainly create, you know, rising rents and declining vacancies. And so certainly, you know, that should probably balance out any kind of, of short-term uh, movement in, in interest rates if they move. Uh, you know, the other, I think the other question is just, you know, how far, how fast? and and that's a question that nobody knows the answer to right now yeah. certainly we have to be aware of you know a number of of issues you know we talked a little bit about you know the the pressure and energy dependent areas in the u.s and we've seen unemployment kind of rise in some of those areas and more stress The same point you've got you know the overseas dynamics that we're all aware are are out there and have impacts on our economy
0: right well we did an analysis yesterday on a property that had a annual NOI, and we looked at a cap rate change of uh, half a percent, uh, and it changed the value about $147,000. Now, I guess if you're thinking that's a year from now, well, maybe you have higher rents and you have you know, less vacancy, uh, so that would offset it. But, but it's interesting to see what that impact will be. And, Brian, thanks for joining us in Studio One today.
1: It's great to be here, Michael. Thank appreciate you
0: appreciate you being here. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you've seen some charts that we've had uh, up related to this. If you're listening on the radio, uh, check out the show website. We'll have the charts there for you. Or if you listen to the podcast, be sure and join us next week. We're going to talk about how real estate decisions impact your business. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Thanks for being with us. till next week, always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty, asset and occupancy solutions. Excellent. building data everywhere. Valuate, easily share what-if analysis with colleagues online and First Service Solutions, your CMBS borrower advocate. For more information on how these businesses may be of service to you, visit CREshow.com.